Pull up my ticket. Actually, I know which one I'm going to do first. I already started recording. It's fine. Oh, hello, everybody. (laughs) And welcome to The Ticket to Hell. Featuring... Nell. We're back. Hey. Um. Oh. Did I just cut my... Damn it. Drop my mic. Carla. Sorry. We gotta start all over. Technical difficulties. Elevator music. It's really not that hard. Why do you have it like that? You're a little challenged, but it's okay. Alright, now that we got our technical difficulties settled, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Uh, I've been better. For real though, I'm exhausted. I'm sick of life. Me too. I'm mostly sick of school and um, just things that I don't want to do. I don't know why I forget, but you're in school like every week. Yeah, it's horrible. Sometimes I forget too, and then it's like class time, and I'm like, fuck. Jesus. I don't know how you survive. Like, you literally go to your internship, and then you tell me you're going to class, and then you get home at like 10. Yeah, like my hours are, I mean, my days are like literally 15-hour days at least. That's so. disgusting. I know. It's it's horrible. That's ab- I really don't know how I do it, honestly. I, like, how am I alive? How I, I breathe? I don't know. <sighs> that sounds awful. I know. That reminds me of when I was in school, so I don't even want to go back there. <gasps> I was going to ask you a question, and I forget. Oh, yeah, did you get your notary job? Did Inter- I become a notary? Yes. Oh, you did? Yes. <laughs> so if you need something notarized, hit me up, guys. Wait, it was that easy? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can be a notary. I know. My grandma was a notary. Yeah. But, like, was there an interview or something? No. What did they need a back? I mean, what did they need references for? Just to make sure I'm a good human, according to other people. Oh, well, now you can charge people to get things notarized. Yeah. I think you're only allowed to charge, like, $4. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I have to read the handbook because I haven't read none of that shit. Oh my god, there's a whole handbook? Yeah. The life of notaries. The struggle. Notarizers. I bet you'll never notarize anyone. No, I I always need a couple things notarized. So I'll probably I'll probably come to you in like the next seven years. I get my own little stamp thing. It's really, really cool. Really? Yeah, I'm so excited. When does it come? Um I have to go pick it up. I think I can pick it up this week. Maybe. Yeah. That's cute. Can you just like notarize things? I know. I'm just going to grab a piece of paper and be like, stamp, 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 stamp. <laughs> oh, but apparently I have to keep a logbook. So. Oh. Yeah. That'll be annoying. So maybe I won't notarize anyone because I just won't want to write it down and document it. That's terrible. They should have a system online. <laughs> but you know what? I bet you nobody does it. What? Like actually log it. Do they like, hey, come bring in your booklet? I don't oh, know. yeah. I don't know. Read the handbook. It'll give you all the yeah. dads. Let's see. So, um, yeah. What's your ticket to hell this week? Oh. Um, Oh, Lord. So, um, the other day I was playing with Nemo and, um, 
<laughs> Nemo's my puppy, for those that don't know. Um, he's a cute little Yorkie Maltese mix. He's a little angel. But anyway, oh, so we were in the room, and I was, like, changing the sheets. And then he was just, like, sitting there. <laughs> and I see the pillowcase, and I'm just like, how cute would it be if I put him in the pillowcase like a little burrito? Like a little baby. You know how they wrap them? Oh, my and God. And then so he had his little duck toy that he loves. And I threw it in the pillowcase, and he hopped in there. <laughs> And then it was so precious, I just picked him up like a sack. Oh my god! <laughs> it was so terrible. He like immediately like got so stiff. He's like, what the hell is happening? And I was dying. I laughed so hard and I went upstairs and mom was like, what are you doing? And I showed her and she's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Leave him alone. And yeah, that's my ticket to hell. I slightly tortured my dog a little bit. That poor pupper. I know, but he liked it. Like when he came out, he was like all hyped and like yeah you're like a rapist <laughs> like my victim liked it <laughs> um let's not take it that far okay <laughs> what's next lorena first you that's the first sign of a serial killer okay first they torture and kill animals like, it was like not even a minute okay I'm watching you it was like 30 seconds <laughs> Poor Nemo. He could breathe. He had his toy. He was having a nice time. <laughs> that is not okay. Poor Nemo's. I know. I cannot. All right, so what's your ticket home, babe? Um, I've actually been a good soul this Girl, year. Girl, I'm going to need you to think S- twice. I... No, because I haven't wished death on anybody this week. That's good. I, let's see. I'm giving my ticket to hell to a cop on the way, my drive here. Oh. Actually, I'm going to give my ticket to hell to the cop and to the asshole in front of me who slammed on his brakes. Oh, hell no. But anyway, so, oh, and I'm going to give the ticket to hell to the person who caused all of this. Um, So I was driving here and I was doing like 80, 85, probably mm-hmm. 85. And next thing you know. That's too many. What's the speed limit? 70. Mm-hmm. That's enough. You lying. So. Girl, where? In Hagerstown. Oh, okay, that's probably true. <sighs> Probably should have it's 55 around here. That's technically 70. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so the guy in front of me was like this big SUV, you know, like the ones you see in movies that are like Escalades or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> yeah. Like so like, he like slams on his brakes and then he immediately cuts in front of the guy in the right lane. And then I'm like, what the hell's going on? So then I look up. I don't know why I was looking down, but I looked mm. up and the guy in front of me slammed on his brakes. So I slammed on my brakes. And then we all had to get over because there was two cops in the left lane in the middle of the road. And I look over to see what they're doing. There was a roll of hay that had <laughs> decapitated itself all over the street. Oh my God. <laughs> and there was another roll of hay that was nicely, you know, stacked in its roll. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so um, I'm looking. Give that roll of hay the ticket to hell. No, I'm giving the cop the ticket to hell <laughs> because I look over and I'm like, what the fuck is the cop doing? Uh-huh. He was kicking the hay on the side, <laughs> on the shoulder with his foot. I was like, Why? boy, if you don't just pick up the hay and move it. Oh my God. And he was getting it everywhere. What a dumbass. So it goes to him. Okay. I agree. Uh, so what you got for me today? Oof. So I got a lovely story about a cannibal. 
Ew. Um, but um, let me just start off from the beginning. Um, his name is Armin Muse. I think that's how you pronounce it. He's from Germany, so I don't really know. So Mr. Armin was born in Kassel, Germany. Kassel. I don't know. I think that's how you. We say. need to stop picking stories. <laughs> For real, I gotta come up with something like that I know how to pronounce, like Jessica or like John. <laughs> right. Anyways. Ted. <laughs> so he lived a very lonely childhood. Poor Mr. Armin. His father was very stern, aka a dickhole. Um, and he was very disinterested in poor little Armin. Um, his parents divorced when he was eight years old and his piece of shit dad left and he never contacted them ever again. Rude. Yeah. And then so his mom was like, what the fuck? And she kind of became the boss bitch. Like, you know, she had to take charge, be the man and the woman. <laughs> All right. Um, she would admonish him in public and insisted in going with him everywhere. Stop. What? What does that word mean? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? When I was doing my research, apparently it means like she would like punish him like in front of everyone. Like, you know, like kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like embarrass him. She would be like, what are you doing that shit for? You know, like right in front of everybody and like making him look like a little shit. So like every black mother everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Which is called admonish, apparently. All right. Glad there's a word for it. Anyways, so poor little Armin, you know, he was all alone. So he created an imaginary brother named Frankie. Oh. Yeah. Frankie was the first quote person he vented to about his cannibalistic thoughts. At age 12, Armin um, fantasized about eating his friends, but it was so they would become a part of him and they would stay with him forever. His poor little oh. ass. <laughs> I know, it's so sad. Oh, it's so disgusting, but like, I, know. I understand. Yeah. Oh. So then in 1990, mom, oh, 1990 mom, in 1999, his mom died and um, he was an adult at this point. Oh. Um, I forget how old he was exactly but he was old like an adult and um so she left him the large mansion that they lived in i guess they had a big mansion so he got it so um his lonely ass created a shrine for his mother in this home and he like had like a whole mannequin like i guess dressed like her and um he would lay her on a pillow each night to go to sleep <laughs> yeah oh my god so um after her death he became obsessed with porn he would watch porn all the time and this was like around the time where like you know the internet became yeah. like a thing so he had access to it and he liked the real freaky ish like torturing and like painful ish oh, you know god anyway so through his online porn life uh he found his way to cannibalism chat rooms and in 2000 he found a website called the cannibal cafe where he <laughs> Posted a lovely ad saying, quote, I am looking for a young, well-built man to slaughter. And <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, it was kind of like Craigslist for um, cannibal. Did someone respond? Oh, Many people responded. <laughs> yeah, um, so a lot of people actually responded to him, but most of them backed out. And um, Armin was a good guy, so he didn't, he never tried to force anyone. Like, he knew no meant no, mm. even in this shit. So, fuck y'all rapists out there. If a cannibal knows what real. no means no is, you know for what real. no means no is. So, he never, like, forced them. Like, once they said no, he didn't try to persuade them or anything. He's just like, okay, like, thanks for your time. Um, so, eventually, this man named Bernd, Bernd Jorgen Armando Brandes, an engineer from Berlin, answered the advertisement on February 14th, 2001. 
Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, he was a 43-year-old man, bisexual, and um, he agreed to be eaten, but he had a few conditions. Okay. And just a little backstory on him. Um, I believe he was like severely depressed. Like he had oh. a lot. He like he had a lot of shit going on, basically. Oh. So they emailed back and forth for a while, um, trying to decide how he would be eaten and how his body would be used after after he was dead. And Brandy's, I think it's Brandy's, or do you think it's like Brandy? Brandes, like B-R-A-N-D-E-S. Brandes. I think it's Brandes because you know Ariana Grande's name is actually Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to just say Brandes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Brandes suggested his skull be used as an ashtray. Okay. So on March 9th, 2001, they met up. Brandes went to Armin's house and um, they actually had sex before um, they did any of the other stuff. Armin's gay? Bisexual? I guess. Okay. I guess. I mean, he didn't say no. All right. He went for it. So apparently, um, Brandy's was kind of second guessing it and he was like about to leave. But um, then he was like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. And then apparently he was a little bigger than him. So he didn't think Armin could like take him down. Uh huh. Because I guess maybe when you're in the going to die, you try to fight back. Like that's just instinct. So maybe he thought that might be an issue. So he ended up taking 20 sleeping pills and a bottle of cough syrup just to like chillax. Oh my God. Just to chillax. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first part of the plan was for Armin to bite off Brandy's penis. Oh. And um, so he tried to do that, but it didn't work because I guess it's too rough or, you know, too hard to bite off a penis. So that didn't work. So he went and he grabbed a, a knife and he started trying to, like, cut it off. But the knife was too dull. Oh, so- my God. <laughs> so it didn't work. So he had to go find another knife. And then um, he was able to cut it off. And then this, oh, hold on. This is a quote um, that Armin said. He said, he screamed horribly. But it was short, maybe for 20 to 30 seconds. The blood was squirting from the open wound, similar to a fountain. What the hell? Yeah. So um, he got the penis off and they were going to eat it. But um, Brandy's tried it, but he couldn't because it was too rough. Like, he couldn't chew it. Stop. They both were going to eat it? Yeah, they both were going to eat it. <laughs> like, he wanted to be part of it. Like, this, they had, like, a whole plan done. This is outrageous. I know. <laughs> Keep listening. I try to get as many details as I could. <laughs> oh, so, just backtrack. Hold on. I think I wrote this in. But just backtrack. Um, they actually filmed this whole thing. So, that was part of the thing. So, they filmed the whole scenario. And, like, later in the trials, they showed the video to the people that were actually there and they said he was actually probably too weak from all the blood loss and the drugs so that's maybe why he couldn't chew it oh yeah but i don't know. know i just can't chew a penis yeah i don't know so armin took the penis um and then he uh went to fry it in a pan he added some salt pepper wine and garlic and he even threw some of brandy's fat in there to you know give it a little flavor um, oh but unfortunately he burnt it so they fed it to the dog. Oh! I know! <laughs> there was a dog? Apparently! Anyways, so after that, I guess that was like, I guess that's all they were going to do together. Because then he went and he ran a bath for Brandy's. And Brandy's went in there and he just laid in the bathtub. And then Armin went and he read some Star Trek. Did he can read Star Yeah, I don't know. Apparently. I mean, I guess, aren't they comics or something? Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. So he went to read some Star Trek and he went in like every 15 minutes just to see how he was doing i mean whole time he was bleeding he was bleeding out in the bathtub and then brandy's eventually got out of the bath but then he co- 
collapse because of the blood loss. And then he drifted in and out of consciousness for a while. And then apparently 10 hours later, he was still alive. What? Yeah. And Armin, he was like, he started freaking out. Like, he didn't know what to do. Um, He was praying. Like, he really, like, he was like, holy shit, like, what do I do? He didn't want to kill. Like, he's not a murderer. Like, that's the thing. Like, he knew eventually, like, I think they were trying to let him just die off. But he was like, I don't want him to suffer, yeah. I think. So he was, like, praying. And then finally, he just stabbed him in the throat to, like, stop the suffering. And then, once he was finally dead, he hung him from a meat hook. Why? Oh, oh, sorry. You know what? I missed that part. When he was young, he used to watch, like, the the butcher, like, chop up meat and stuff. Yeah. So he, that was part of, like, their thing. So he had, like, a whole thing prepared. He had a meat hook. And he just, like, hung his body up there. And then, oh, the whole taping that they actually taped was, I think, four hours long. So there's, like, a four-hour long video of, like, everything he did. Anyway, so he started chopping him up into sizable chunks. And he, I feel like this isn't the right word, grounded the bones into flour. Is it grounded? Yeah, it's grounded. I've Googled it and it said, it tried to tell me, it says they just ground the bones into flour. But I feel like that doesn't sound right. That's probably right. Yeah, they ground. I don't know. Yeah. But I would say grounded. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So he grounded the bones into flour. (laughs) Um, So over the next 10 months that he ate brandies basically um he had his body parts in a freezer and he hid it with like pizza boxes on top um his first meal was a piece of rump steak a piece from his back it was a special occasion for armin because you know it was like his first human so he laid out candles he got his good dinnerware and he had wine and then he had potatoes and sprouts on the side um he did describe the taste as like pork but stronger more substantial Ugh. Um, in total, he ate about 44 pounds of, of flesh. Oh. But then in November 2002, um, his dumbass, uh, I'm sorry, he posted an, another advertisement. And um, for some reason, he disclosed the details about Brandy's murder and someone ratted him out. What? Oh, my God. And first of all, like, <laughs> I just want to know why he decided to add those details like just put your ad out there i know why do you and have to second like like why like just why and then third like why is someone going to ride him out like you're in that same chat like you trying to do these freaking things too like just let the man live anyways so um and it was a college student i think I want to say Switzerland, but I can't remember. Like, he was on there, and he saw it, and he, like, called the police. Maybe he was, like, an undercover cop. He was just a student at a university. Maybe he was doing, like, some undercover. I don't know. Maybe he was, like, 21 Jump Street. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, so, um, the police came to search his home, and they found the body parts and the videotape. Um, so he admitted to the murder and cannibalism, and he regrets his actions. Like, he really, really regrets them. Um, in 2004, he was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight years but then um the courts felt like that wasn't enough so they did a retrial or whatever in 2005 and this time it was for murder and then in 2006 he was sentenced to life in prison and um he's now a vegetarian um and he plans on writing a book to make others like him like think about it and like not want to follow in his footsteps and i'm just like you know i just feel like he really didn't do anything wrong Like, personally, he had consent. He did. Like, it wasn't like he was going around murdering innocent people. Like, this man wanted to die. Like, they had an agreement. This is true. And, like... 
sure, like, you know, it's not the best thing to do, but I don't think he deserves life in prison. Like, he knows he was wrong. Like, he doesn't want to do that anymore. Like, he's trying to be an advocate, like, to tell people, like, don't do this. Like, this is not okay. So, I mean, I feel like they should have just kept the manslaughter. I... <laughs> I don't know where to begin. And, like, also, he clearly needs mental health services. Like, all of this roots from that upbringing. Like, his dad's, like, not, like, he was just not interested in him at all. Like, clearly, that was, like, his way to, like, fill that void, I guess. He was obviously lonely. Yeah, so I just feel like they should put him in jail and then put him in a mental institution and, like, then just let the man live his life, you know? Like, he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but, like, I feel like there were some steps he could have taken before all of this happened. I mean, but think about it. Like, he lived his whole life not jumping on that. And he went and, like, all those people that, like, were like, yeah, and then backed out. Like, he could have easily just been like, fuck y'all, and went and ate their asses. I know. I but like he waited for consent. I know. I, I but know. But it's still murder. I'm not even mad at the murder part. I'm mad at the fact that, like, you have a taste for eating human. I mean, wouldn't you eat a human if you had a chance? Absolutely not. I think I would. <laughs> Because, I mean... All I mean, this- first you put your dog in a suit in a bag, and now I mean, you would eat humans. <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't kill someone to eat them, but, like, if someone's, like, leg needs to be chopped off, but, like, it's, like, viable to eat, and they're like, hey, do you want to taste my leg with me? I'll be like, sure. Like, that why not? That whole idea just, like, turns me off. Because like, if they, someone- they actually did that, though. I, I think know. I sent you the article. Like, they had to, like, chop this guy's, like, foot off, and he, like, told his friends, like, you guys want to come over and eat my foot? And oh, yeah, you did. told me. Yeah. So I remember like, that story. I told you what. I I don't know. That's just like someone killing a zebra and is like, you want to taste this zebra with me? Like, no. No, I, but I the do zebra not. can't consent. Humans can consent. Okay, but if the zebra was Marty from Madagascar and he was like, hey, like, if I die, like, you can totally taste me. I would be like, it's okay, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I would. I'm, I'd be like, sure, Marty. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know. That's just... Everyone's going to think I'm crazy now, but... I mean... Okay, no, because, like... He just needs help. Like, what's life in prison going to do for him? Like, you know what I mean? It's not like he... You know, I agree that he doesn't deserve life in prison, because mm-hmm. it's like, he acknowledged that he was wrong, and, like, I don't think he would do it again. He wouldn't. I mean, if he was, he would have done... You know what I mean? Like He would have kept... If he, he was like, yeah. damn, this is real delicious, I'm going to go murder some people and eat them, you know? I mean, he did post another ad, but again, he was looking for consent. I mean, that's true. I don't know. <laughs> Just eating a human... I don't know. The man... You know what? Honestly, the man who participated in this, why would you cut your own penis off first? Like, why not a finger? Well, here's the other thing, though. The reason why um, they went back to do it for murder instead of the manslaughter was because it was a sexual thing as well. So that made it worse, apparently, because it was like a sexual. I feel like, like that doesn't make it worse, yeah, though, because it's know. like consensual sex. Yeah, I don't know. But apparently, uh, there's a whole video out there. It was never made available to the public, but I know there are websites where you can find at least screenshots of it, and it's very disturbing because I accidentally found it inside. Can you find them again and post them on our Facebook page? I'm not going to post it on Facebook because that's probably illegal, but I'll show you. Fine. I'll describe them to you guys. 
I mean, I'll describe it. Like, it's literally what I said. Like, one of the pictures... Actually, I think they're all the same. Um, it's the body hanging. Oh. And then, like, you can see, like, he cut it and, like, like down his... What's it? Like, chest, torso. Yeah. That's so nasty. Yeah. I mean, they're just still shots from the video. And, you know, this is, like, from the early 2000s. So, like, it's not the best quality yeah but it's still a little disturbing and i'm also like is this even real that's also true you know people make stuff up so yeah um i think my ticket um in this story goes to the court system for retrying him and giving him a life sentence instead of providing him with mental health services (laughs) (laughs) you know there's a social worker in me (sighs) You know, I can't fault you for that. I mean, I'm sure he'll go to hell for a little bit and, you know, maybe someone will eat him for a while. I actually don't think he'll he'll travel to hell. You know what? Maybe because, you know, he's really trying to make a difference now. So maybe that's enough for him to go to just straight to heaven. God will be like, it's okay. I mean, he kind of he kind of just was like, I want to try something, and I tried it, and I realized it was wrong. Yeah, as long as he asked for forgiveness, we're yeah. never getting jobs after this. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't have the desire to eat human. I mean, I don't have the desire, but if the opportunity presented itself, <laughs> I can't with it in a very ethical way. I would totally do it. This brings me to a question. What? So, if you had the opportunity to eat a dog, like, Nemo consented. No. How would he consent? I don't know. He would just, like, yes, Lorena. Like, he came into your mind and was like, Lorena, yes. Like, if I die of natural causes and not sexual desires or murder. Wait, you know what? Let me think. Is that illegal? Like, can you eat your dog after it's dead? I mean, not that I would want to, but now I'm curious. I don't know. Because, like, if, if, like, literally, like, if it dies from natural causes, like, I mean, why would, I mean, nobody would even know if you ate your dog. If you just died in your house, you're like, oh, shit. Because, like, think about it. Like, that one lady that ate her husband's ashes. Bitch, what? You've never seen it, my strange addiction? (laughs) Oh, my God. Dude, this lady, she was, like, so, like... That's, like, the only way she can feel close to him. So she carried around, like, his jar of ashes. And she would just, like, lick her fingers, dip her fingers in there, and just, like, put it in her mouth. And she, like, it got so bad. Like, if she was running out, like, she was very low. And she was like, I, like, what am I going to do when I run out? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, she was crazy. Like, she needed help. So I'm just thinking now, like, but I wouldn't kill a dog to eat it. Like, I wouldn't kill anyone just to eat it. Sir. But if the opportunity presented itself so, in a very ethical way. No, now I'm on the topic of the lady eating her ashes. I know, ashes. it's disturbing. Like, that doesn't even have flavor. It's ashes. It's literally fire, but in powder form. It, yeah. Okay. I wonder if she got cancer or something. I feel like that'll give me cancer. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe you've never seen that. No. Yeah, it was so disturbing. I, you know what? But you know what's really disturbing is I'm really concerned about what's gonna happen when she runs out. Like, it, like, yeah, like it's really sad. Like, like she just was really that upset. So that's why I thought, like, you know, if your dog dies, like, what if someone freaks out so bad they're like, oh my god, I need him to be a part of me, and then they eat him. Okay, I would think that someone would probably do what this lady did. Get the ashes and then, like, start suckling on the ashes. Yeah, or maybe, like, placenta, like, dry them out and then, like, put them in pills. Fucking Christ. All right, this is too much. Oh, you know what? (laughs) 
This brings me up, though. When I die, I want to be a tree, but, like, burn a little bit of me so you can make me into a ring. Wait a second. What? When I die, I want to be a tree, but, like, chop off, like, a foot or something, and then... And then make you a ring? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This this has gone on too far. We need to take a break. This is too much. Elevator music. back and I have more questions. Her. This topic is like mind-blowing me. The other guy, what's his name? Berez? Brandy's. Brandy's. Did he have like a family or something? So I can't remember exactly. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But I'm I think I, nobody quote me, but I think he did have like a wife, but like they got divorced and then that's like when his depression started. I Like I know a bunch of shit like went wrong in his life. Um, hold on. Okay. I'm taking back my acceptance of this. Because Mm -hmm. this is similar to a case that happened, I think, like, two summers ago where the girlfriend and the boyfriend were together Mm -hmm. and the boyfriend had, like, really bad depression. Mm -hmm. So he was telling her that he was going to commit suicide. And in the text messages, he was like, okay, I'm finally going to do it. And then he tried to back out. And then she's like, no, do Do it. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I think she was she his boy her boyfriend. I mean, that was his, his girlfriend. His girlfriend. Yeah, she's a bitch. She just wanted the attention of having lost her boyfriend. But hold on, I found it. So he had a girlfriend. Um, well, it says the girlfriend Bettina L told German TV that she enjoyed a healthy sex life with Brandy's, but they had split up after he revealed that he also liked men. Brandy's was suffering from a severe psychotic disorder and a strong desire for self-destruction so yeah so he had a quite a few things happening okay so i don't fault armin for it because mm-hmm. i guess you know he didn't know that this man had all these dis- not disabilities but like mental illnesses mm-hmm. but like kind of fault him because i mean yeah i mean that's just i mean they both needed help yeah it's just like a really sad story if you think about it like they both had shitty lives and they this is what would make them feel better in the end even though it's not the best thing like for brandy's like ending his life was like the best thing but he wanted to feel the pain that was the problem like he was a he was like addicted to the pain that's why he wanted like his penis cut like he didn't want to just be stabbed and like you know like he didn't want it to just end and be eaten like he wanted to be part of the process he wanted to feel the pain and then Armin like he you know he just had a sad empty life and I I guess that's how he decided to fill it up I like to fill my pain up with Dr. Pepper (laughs) and (laughs) Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A sponsors please Chick-fil-A will never sponsor us I know like hell hell no Honestly, I mean, but maybe. We don't speak of the devil. I know. Never. But maybe Dr. Pepper. Anyway. Oh, God. I'm mind blown. Yeah, so, um, what you got for me? Nothing nearly as terrible as that. (laughs) I should have gone first. Um, my ticket to hell goes to what they call the boogeyman of Australia. Australia. Also known- Wait, hold on, sorry. Did I tell you about Yummy Mummies? No. Oh my god, it's the best show. It's Australian. Um, it follows the- Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did tell you. I don't know why the way you pronounced it sounded like a- (laughs) Yes. Yummy mummies. It's so good. It's like these rich white ladies in um, Australia. And then so there's three of them. They have like their own Instagram account, like their best friends. Uh-huh. And then um, like they're all pregnant at the same time. For two of them, it's their first time. The third one, this is her second baby. So she kind of already knows. And at first when I was watching, I was like, these bitches are crazy. But then they bring this fourth bitch along that lives in another city. That bitch is crazy. <laughs> 
So everybody go watch that show and then tell me how crazy she is. Like, oh my God, she's wild. And then the other ones look so normal compared to her. Jesus. Yeah. Yummy Mummies on Netflix. Yes. Awesome. Sponsor us. Come on. So... What was I saying? Oh, my ticket to hell goes to what they call the Boogeyman of Australia, also known as Mr. Cruel. Mm. Uh, however, unlike the Boogeyman, Mr. Cruel was not a fictional character and is known for his disgusting and terrible assaults on children from oh, 1987 no. to 1991. What? Mm-mm. Yeah. Anybody who hurts children or animals are just, they just need to go to hell forever. Honestly. Especially animals. No offense, kids. Like, kids can somewhat say something, but animals, they're just innocent little angels. Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, so the first note incident takes place on August 22nd, 1987 just outside of Melbourne, Australia in the suburb. <gasps> That's where they're from. Oh, really? Yeah. Melbourne. I wonder if they know the story. <laughs> Maybe. Shout out. Um, in a suburban area called Lower Plenty to a family of four whose names have never been disclosed. Mm. Uh, at around 4 a.m., a masked man armed with a knife and a small gun, removed the window pane of their living room, mm-hmm. snuck his way to the parents' room where he woke them up and commanded them to roll on their stomachs. He then proceeded to tie their hands and feet together in knots commonly used by sailors. Keep note of that. Wait a second. This sounds kind of familiar. Why? I don't know. Just keep going. Damn it. I feel like maybe I've heard this. Son of a bitch. I try to find things you've never heard of. When you said sailors, I'm like, hmm, that sounds familiar. So he used knots commonly used by sailors. Keep note of that, everybody. Nautical experiences. From there, he managed to get them into the closet where he blindfolded and gagged them with surgical tape. Yes. I don't know. Um, When he was regular tape? That's a clue. Okay, you know what? Keep note of that, too. Surgical tape. He had surgical tape and obviously, like, nautical background. Um, When he was done with this, he made his way to the room of their six- or seven-year-old son. Mm -hmm. There, he tied him up to his own bed and left him basically unharmed. Unfortunately, the same could not be said for the last victim, their 11-year-old daughter, who he attacked and raped over a course of two hours in their own house. Oh, my God. God. During this attack, I don't mean to laugh, but during this attack, <laughs> that <nervous> laugh. Yeah. <laughs> during this attack, he would um, wander the family's house and like find things to take. Wait a second. So he raped her, walked around, raped her, walked around, raped her, walked around? Yeah. Oh my God. For two hours. He even Jesus. stopped at one point to make his fat ass a snack. Oh, nah. Yeah. So after the two hours, he cut the phone lines and made his way out of the house with a box of records and a blue jacket. Why? I don't know. Um, when police arrived to investigate, they spoke to the girl who told them that when he was taking one of his breaks, he went to make a phone call. She overheard the man threatening the person on the other line to move their kids or else and called them a bozo. When the investigators checked the family's phone records, they found out that there was no phone call made at all. Mm-hmm. He faked the phone call and investigators would soon find out that Mr. Cruel would place these red herrings in all of his assaults to confuse investigators. The next attack wouldn't happen for another damn year. And unfortunately, when it does, the stakes rise dramatically. Uh, on December 27th, 1988, just mm-hmm. two days after Christmas, in another small suburban area of I Australia... Like I totally heard this. Bitch! <laughs> Sorry, keep going. God damn it. <laughs> In another suburban area of Australia called Ringwood, a mm. few miles southeast of the previous attack, John Wills and his wife and four dollars, four dollars, <laughs> four daughters were laying asleep. At around 5.45 a.m., the voice of a man rang out, don't be a hero, as the cold tip of a gun pressed to John's head and startled him awake. 
A man wearing dark blue overalls, a blue ski mask, towered over John, pressing the gun to his head with one hand and wielded a knife in the other. When John caught a glimpse of the knife in the other hand, he knew that attempting to fight back would mean risking the lives of his entire family and decided against it. Similar to the other attack, the man ordered John and his wife to roll on their stomachs where he bound their wrists and ankles with copper wire in a similar nautical fashion. So he, you know, he tied it again like a, mm-hmm. a sailor's knot. He blindfolded and gagged them with the same surgical tape and assured them that he was just looking for money, but he was looking for a little bit more than money. Aww. After taking $35 from the nightstand, <laughs> he cut all the phone lines again, and then he found his way into the bedroom of the four daughters, and they all shared a bedroom, and I don't really know why. Um, That's a lot of people in one room. Yeah, they all they had bunk beds, so there was two sets of bunk beds. I would have been so pissed. Um, so it was apparent that he had been planning this attack and stopped his victim prior to committing this attack because when he walked into the room, he called out his victim's name. Sharon Wills. I can't confirm this because um, I couldn't find any interviews but apparently when the man called out her name she says that she stayed in bed and pretended to be asleep and he came over and said her name a few more times but she didn't move. He then left the room for a few minutes which you know he's been known to take breaks mm-hmm. and then he came back and then this time that he came back he forced her awake that apparently grabbed her and she started to scream but then placed a ball gag in her mouth taped it shut with surgical tape and from oh there he God. forced her out the bedroom door I would have thrown up me too actually I can't I can't have anything that deep in my mouth like uh. no um, so he forced her out the bedroom door and then he grabbed the dad's jacket and wrapped it around her and then let her out the back door I think uh, they walked for a while until they made it to his car and began to drive away. On the way, he promised, I won't hurt you. Wait a second. Did she roll out of the car? No. Okay. It's like, you haven't heard this story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Back at the house, the parents had broken free and rushed to their daughter's bedroom, only to find that one was missing. Mm -hmm. Because the intruder had cut the phone lines, Don ran to his neighbor's house to call police. Again, because I couldn't find, like, an actual interview, um, I can't confirm this, but from one side, apparently the attacker had taken Sharon back to a location unidentified because she was blindfolded the entire time. When they arrived, the man took Sharon, placed her on the bed where he then changed her blindfold to like some iPads and stuck them on with Wait, tape. iPad? Oh. Like, yeah. iPads. Yeah, I, no, like like some pads. But like, you know, you get eye surgery oh, okay. and they have those, <laughs> those pads. IPads? Yeah. I literally thought like an iPad. <laughs> I was like, what? Girl. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he put some iPads on her, mm-hmm. you know, not the actual iPads, <laughs> some, some white gauze and some tape. <laughs> um, and Sharon allegedly says that she could, oh, my mic dropped. Put it on the other side. Elevator music. Sharon allegedly says that she could hear a radio playing and the bath running in the background. He Mm -hmm. then picks her up, gives her a bath, and made her brush her teeth. Afterwards, he assaulted her. After the assault, he then offers her a Vegemite sandwich with milk and tells her that he has to leave for a bit. Have you ever had Vegemite? No. I've always wanted to, like, see what it looks like. I don't know, but I'm saying ew to the milk. Oh. I don't (laughs) even know what Vegemite is. I feel like it's from, have you seen Rocket Power? And they would make those sandwiches. I can't remember that far back. Bitch. 
I'm gonna Google it. Uh, I don't even know if they use Vegemite in Rocket Power. Might just like wait, was Rocket Power even in Australia? Rocket Power? Yeah, the show Nickelodeon. Oh wait, now I'm thinking something could completely different. Wait, what the hell is this Vegemite shit? Yeast extract. It looks like Nutella, but nasty. Yeah, it's like a popular thing in Australia. Oh. Anyway, afterwards, um, oh, Rocket Power. I was thinking something completely different. What were you thinking? What's... I don't want to sound like a dumbass. Well, go on. <laughs> what were the ones from Pokemon? The ones from Pokemon. The bad guys. Team Rocket? Yes. <laughs> Bitch, what? <laughs> oh, my God. How did they even... They don't even... Go, they're not even on the same network. That's why I was like... I don't know. Just like Rocket. And I just thought of that... Okay, and then that I makes was sense. Like, and then I was like, what sandwiches? I don't remember making them sandwiches. But I just Googled Rocket Power and I'm like, oh, right. I can't stand you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but um, while we're on that topic, um, they... Yeah, were they in they Australia? They were in California. Ocean Shore, California. I mean, that... Oh. Is an American animated television series. Wait, so this never happened in Australia? No, it's, it's based in... The, the town of Ocean Shores, California. Did anyone have an Australian accent? In that show? Yeah. Not that I remember. Like, I, I, like I'm looking at them and I can remember seeing them, but do I remember anything from it? No. The Wild Thornberries, they were Australian, right? Were they? I think so. God, I thought they Wild. were, like, from Canada. Why would they be from Canada? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember a lot of A's. <laughs> now I have to Google it. <laughs> Elevator music. offers her a Vegemite sandwich with milk and tells her he has to leave for a bit. Like a dog, he ties her up to a leash to prevent her to escape. Aww. It was during this time that Sharon lifted her blindfold up to take a quick peek. Uh, she noticed a wooden tripod set up for filming on the edge of the bed where she was and where he assaulted her. Oh my god. Isn't that disgusting? Mm -hmm. uh, he returned only to make Sharon bathe again and then assaulted her two more times. For the last time, he made her shower, brush her teeth, floss, and he even cut her toe and fingernails. Oh my god. When she was done, he pulled up a he pulled her into a green plastic bag around her and secured it with tape. He made a hole so that she could breathe and then carried her to his vehicle where he drove and dropped her off at Bayswater High School. He apparently gave her directions to the nearest food mart store and told her not to look at him as he left. A woman found Sharon a short while later and called police. Shortly, Sharon was reunited with her family after 18 hours trapped with a man now dubbed as Mr. Cruel. Wait, he just let her go? Yeah. Maybe he's not too evil. Ah! Uh, I don't know. <laughs> JK, JK, everybody. He's mm. a piece of shit. <laughs> but it could have been worse. I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> he could have kept her as a slave and, like, 
raped her for years. Oh, I guess. Have you seen that movie, The Room? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been worse. I mean... I'm not condoning his behavior. Yeah, he totally raped her and assaulted yeah, her. Yeah, but, like... It could have been worse. But that doesn't matter, so continue. You're gonna get a lot of hate for this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying what he did was okay at all, because it's truly disturbing and disgusting. But, but you know how people don't know how to separate yeah, issues. Yeah, so um, just in case everybody is wondering, um, I don't um, approve of raping children. At all. Kidnapping, or what else did he do? Um, he Torture. fed her Vegemite. I don't even know what that is, but... It sounded nasty. Yeah, so. it does sound nasty, nasty. Like, he couldn't make anything else. Right. Like, he couldn't have, like, stopped at Chick-fil-A and bought her a sandwich or something. I, do they have Chick-fil-A's in Australia? Oh, no. No. Okay, he could have stopped at whatever their Chick-fil-A is. Now I really want to know what their Chick-fil-A <laughs> is. Elevator music. Maybe it's, like, maybe it's, like, not Chick-fil-A, like, alligator. No, crocodile egg. <laughs> You're so annoying. Anyway, back to my story. (laughs) Um, A woman found Sharon a short while later and called police. And then shortly she was reunited with her family after being trapped with this man for 18 hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Will's family nightmare didn't end here as weeks and months went by with no suspect in sight. That's terrible. The family refused to sleep in separate bedrooms for months. Aww. Yeah. Did they get a gun? Uh, probably. Nothing says that they got a gun. I feel like they would. I mean, I would. I mean, I would too. If my child was just like... Oh, you know what? They know. did get a golden retriever. What's a golden <laughs> retriever gonna do? It's gonna be like, hi guys. Welcome to my home. My name is Doug. Um, Do you want to play with my ball? (laughs) So, yeah, the uh, the fear would continue to loom over families alike as the next attack wouldn't happen again for another two years. Jesus. Unfortunately, it would be the Linus family. I think I'm saying that right. L-Y-N-A-S. Linus? Yeah, Linus. It would be the Linus family who would have have to live their worst nightmare. The Linus family had moved to a wealthier suburb in Melbourne, area of Australia located south of Lower Plenty and west of Ringwood from England for business reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved to Melbourne specifically to raise their children safely during their That's stay. That's terrible. I know. It is a really nice city. It does look nice from the Google pictures that I saw. Uh, as they were planning to move back to England on July 3rd, 1990, however, their idea of safety would come crumbling down as Mr. Cruel decided to strike again. After a fa- farewell party, pr- uh, parents since Brian and Rosemary had left their two daughters, Fiona, age 15, and Nicola, age 13, home alone. Shortly before midnight, while the two lay asleep, they were woken up by an angry command of a masked intruder. Intruder. I don't know how to say intruder. Intruder? Intru- intruder? Intruder. It's just intruder. It's not intruderer? No. <laughs> I feel like intruder's a verb. I don't know. Anyway. Intruder. Intrude. Intrude is the oh, verb. Oh, intrude is the verb. Intruding. I wombo. You wombo. <laughs> he, she wombos. The study of wombology. <laughs> anyway, hey. so the Mr. Cruel was making angry demands, okay? <laughs> That's who it was. That was the intruder, okay? What kind of demands? Um, you know, per usual, you know, the normal. Give me some money. Let me rape your child. Yeah. Let me take it and bring it back. Those demands. Let me just borrow it for a little bit. Anyway, as usual, he bared a small handgun in, uh, in one hand and a knife in the other. I wonder if it was even loaded. I feel like it wasn't, but no one tested it. Yeah, I mean, would you? You know me, I get mad. You're like, shoot me, I dare you, I'm sick of this life. Bitch. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. I really want to know. I don't want to know. Never mind. Shoot me in the leg so I can get some disability checks at least. <laughs> <laughs> that is some shit I would say. <laughs> Oh, God. Be like, I'll give you 10%. <laughs> Look at 
can work this out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, scared for their lives, they followed every command per usual. Would you follow every command? Um, yeah. I don't know. If you had a gun to your face and you had children. Okay, but these were the children. Um, yeah, especially if I was a child. But they were like teenagers. Yeah. At that point, I was a real asshole. No, I mean, like, if I was a small child, I'd probably just cry hysterically. Oh, yeah. But if I was a teenager, I'd, like, be like, holy shit, I'm gonna die. And I'd, I'd, you know, I'd either listen very, like, you know, attentively, or I'd be in shock and probably get shot. So it's a lose-lose. Yeah. All right. Um, the masked man ordered Nicola to retrieve her school uniform from the other room while he what began a pervert <laughs> yeah so he was totally stalking her oh my god yeah so while she was doing that he tied up Fiona the oldest sister to the bed that she was sleeping on with the oldest sister bound Mr. Cool was able to make his getaway with Nicola but before he left he told Fiona to tell his fa- tell her father Brian that he would need to pay $25,000 for the return of Nicola oh shit he wanted money this time yeah uh, so he left the house with Nicola and steals the family car that was in the driveway. Uh, apparently, the car was a rental, but I couldn't find anything to verify that. So, allegedly. Yeah, he took the car about a mile or two, and then he parked it and transferred it to his own car. He totally had this plan. Um, just about 20 or 30 minutes after the parents returned home and see that their car was missing and the front door was wide open. Confused, uh, they entered the home, and their confusion turned into straight fears. They noticed their 15-year-old daughter bound to her own bed and the other one missing. Shortly after the parents' discovery, police arrived and just like the other cases, basically no evidence was found at the crime scene, and unfortunately, unlike the last case, Nicola wasn't returned later that day or even the next. When 36 hours had gone by and there was no sign of Nicola, her father, Brian, held a press conference in which he broke down and pleaded for the abductor to bring her back and that he would pay the ransom. Suspiciously, however, the kidnapper had demanded a ransom, but never gave away to like collect it so this was just another red herring that he threw into the loop to confuse investigators oh my God. meanwhile as the search continued poor nicole was forced to succumb to the wait domestic- what year was this one uh i think it was like 19 yeah it was 1990 somewhat recent like i'm just like didn't they have like forensics and stuff like they didn't find any like DNA? no he left no dna but That's i'll get wild. to that at the end of the story okay sorry Go. so he had demanded a ransom but like no way to collect it Uh Uh, Meanwhile, as the search continued, poor Nicola was forced to succumb to the demands of the kidnapper. Uh She was brutally assaulted and molested over and over and over again for 50 hours before she was released on her 14th birthday. (gasps) Uh, She was dropped outside of an electricity station a short distance from home. She was fully dressed and wrapped inside of a blanket. She was told to sit still until he left. And then after, she lifted the blindfold and made her way to a nearby house at 2 a.m., where she called her dad and they were eventually reunited. Because Nicola was captured for so long, she was able to provide investigators with some telling information despite being blindfolded the entire time. Mm-hmm. She told investigators the suspect's estimated height was like 5 feet 8 and he likely had reddish brown hair. I don't know how she knew that she's information. Blind. Like she had Well, the, not blind, but she was blindfolded. Yeah. I mean, she. I'm sure she peaked at some points, but... But, like, how? Wasn't she tied up? No, not all the time. Oh, she was okay. only tied up when he left. Oh, okay. Um, she was also able to give descriptions of her location, going completely against the threats of her abductor, and some. at some point, she would... Yeah, she would peek through her blindfold. Mm-hmm. Similar to Sharon Wills, she described the room in a similar fashion. Did I tell you that? Did I say the story of Sharon Wills? Sharon Wills? I can't remember their names. Wells? Wills. Oh, yeah, because I said John yeah. Wills. Sharon Wills. Oh, but I think I skipped the part. Oh, so Sharon 
Sharon, the story before this one, Sharon um, described the bedroom a little bit mm-hmm. and described like there was peach curtains and she oh, yeah, heard a, um, she heard an airplane go over wherever in the room she mm-hmm. was in. So that was telling of like where she was. Mm-hmm. So similar to that, uh, Nicola also saw the same things. Peach huh. curtains and like there was a single bed and heard an airplane go over. Uh, in the duration of her stay, Mr. Cool would threaten her with statements like, my freedom is worth more than your life. And he would also apparently mm-hmm. talk out loud to another person that Nicola never heard a response from. So another red herring. Well, uh, he's just crazy. Oh, that's true. You know, he could have been crazy the whole time and been talking to some voices he heard. That is also true. I was thinking about that. Um, it had been clear that with each attack, Mr. Cruel was upping the ante and getting a little bolder with each victim. God. Little did we know, his next attack would go beyond expectations. Oh, shit. Uh, again, another year would pass by. I think he was taking these years off to, like, find his victim and stalk them. Yeah, because, I mean, he clearly prepared very well. Obviously. This time, the attack would occur to a family of five known as the Chan family. John and Phyllis Chan were hardworking parents that worked around 18 hours a day managing three restaurants and a handful of other property investments. Uh, Side note, these people were loaded. They had three Mm. restaurants and other investments. So they lived in a nice mansion. Uh, This often left their oldest daughter, 13-year-old Carmen, I think I'm saying that right, K-A-R-M-E-I-N, or Carmaine, Carmaine, like Lomi. Terrible. <laughs> Excuse us. Oh, rest her soul. Um, Carmaine in charge of her younger siblings. Unfortunately, on the night of April 13th, 1991, tragedy was strike in the unsuspecting Chan family. 1991? Yeah. A year later. The other attack happened July 13th, 1990. Anyway, at around 8.30 to 8.40 p.m., Carmaine uh, and one of her sisters had gone down Not to- Not lost a We're going to- This is my ticket to hell for next episode. Okay. Um- <laughs> One of her sisters had gone down... Carmaine and one of her sisters had gone down to the kitchen to grab a snack. And it was there they were confronted by Mr. Cruel wearing his typical ski mask mm-hmm. with a gray-green tracksuit. I don't know what gray-green is. I'm a designer and I've never seen a gray-green. Gray-green? Maybe it's gray and green. I'm thinking it's taupe because that's the okay. only thing I can see that's gray-green or olive. Yeah, like an olive color probably. But that's... Like an ashy olive. <laughs> Everyone listening, don't ever say gray-green. Um, that would never even like come to me. Me? I don't know. Anyway. Maybe that's how they talk in Australia. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Great green, eh? <laughs> they don't say eh. <laughs> They're like, are, wait. Are you sure? Yeah, that's I feel Canada. like I heard that in Yummy Mummies. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. They said a lot of funny things in that show. All right, shut up so I can okay, finish I'm sorry. It's almost, this is why my stories are so long. <laughs> I know. Sorry, you just trigger so many thoughts. <sighs> <laughs> Can't help myself. He was wearing his typical ski mask with a gray green tracksuit and wielding a knife. He told the girls that he only wanted money. He always says this and he wanted Carmaine, Carmen. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. He wanted Carmaine or Carmen to show him where it was. Then he took the two younger girls, shoved them in Carmen's closet and locked them in by pushing the bed up against the door. Oh my god. From here he made his getaway with Carmen and no money, obviously. Uh, The two girls left in the closet easily broke out. I mean, there's just a bed in front of there. Uh, They broke out from the closet and called their dad. When police arrived, they already suspected what had taken place. Similar to the other crime scenes, there was no evidence left behind. This time, however, spray painted on the side of the Chan's Toyota Camry, the words were, payback, Asian drug dealer, more, more to come. What? Yeah. Doesn't even make sense. Using a tracker dog, the police were able to track the 
intruder's movements from his in from the entrance through the cut window screen to his exit through the sliding glass door in the kitchen. The dogs continued to track his scent all the way to the vacant lot where investigators assume he had a car waiting. Time kept on passing by as the case got cold. On the third day of being missing, Carmen or Carmaine's parents conducted a press conference pleading for the safe return of their daughter and offering money as an incentive. Days later, they wrote an encrypted letter in the local newspaper using a cipher that only Carmen or Carmaine would have been able to solve. Unfortunately, I know, isn't that a good idea? I'm about to do that with my kids. Same. Like, let's come up with a language real quick. I know, and only you, oops. Oh my. Bitch. My dad's gonna kill you. That's fine. Um, this is breaking my dad's shit right now. Oh yeah, we recorded her dad's house. Yeah, because oh fuck, my mic fell. Um, so where was I? Oh yeah, so unfortunately that led to nothing, and then days, and then weeks, and then months continued to pass with no lead of Carmen's location. Oh my god! So this time he didn't like give her back. Wait, did you say months? Yeah. Oh my god, how many months? I'll tell you at the okay, end. Okay, fine. The investigation was doomed from the beginning as police officers who arrived first to the scene for any chance to grab any potential evidence. Oh they had walked God. through the entire premise without establishing it as a crime scene. The yeah. investigators did spend months grooming the case with a fine-toothed comb looking thoroughly through any and every aspect of the Chan's life. However, the other red herrings Mr. Krul had left, the writing on the car was nothing more than a distraction to lead investigators astray. Months continued to flow by and this became one of the biggest manhunts in Australian history. Tens of thousands of man-hours were used and an offer of three hundred thousand dollars for any information uh was up for grabs but unfortunately none of this would lead to the results the chan's family were hoping hoping for about a year later on april 2nd 1992 a man walking his dog in thomastown along the edgars creek stumbled upon an object as the man bent down to investigate the object more his discovery would send shockwaves through the entire community there in front of him were the remains of a decomposed skeleton he phones the police and eventually the autopsy revealed the remains belonged to no one other than Carmen oh, or Carmen no. Chan, who was shot three times in the head, execution style. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrible. Fortunately, this would be the last crime committed from Australia's own boogeyman, Mr. Cruel. However, to this day, the man has never been captured. Bitch, what? Yeah. Holy shit, maybe he died. So there's been a, quite a few theories uh, that have come up about Mr. Cruel, like who the fuck he could be. Um, there's like one idea that he has some tie with the school districts because all of his attacks would occur like during school breaks. It also turned out that Carmen or Carmen and Nicola went to the same school and and it should be noted that in the case of Nicola Linus, he made her bring her school uniform. So he obviously had a thing with schools. Oh my god. Um, the case was closed but reopened in 2010, 20 years oh, why after. Why did they close it? Because there was like no leads. So? Better keep that shit open until you figure some shit out. I guess it was like wasting money. I don't I know. I guess that's true. Oh my god. So what? Sorry. Uh, they reopened the case in 2010, 20 years after the original abductions occurred mm -hmm. in hopes of using new technology to develop some evidence. But you know, how I'm sorry, cops did are. They not, did they not have like rape kits for those children? They couldn't get some DNA or anything? That's a good-ass question. They didn't bring any of that up. Bastards. Which also brings up the other theory, but I'll get to that. Okay. Um, unfortunately, yet and unsurprisingly, the investigation of the original case was just fucked up. Uh, many of the case files were unorganized, misfiled, or even completely missing. One key piece of evidence that could have identified and helped capture Mr. Cool once and for all was a piece of tape used to blind one of the girls mm -hmm. um, that went missing in police custody. So hmm. the potential to find DNA was gone. 
one. Uh, this, plus Mr. Cool's ability to leave crime sleeves basically spotless, have led people to also believe that he was involved in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So suspects have come and gone throughout this case, but no one has ever been convicted. Uh, this case is still open and taking leads, and there's a $1 million reward if you know anything that leads to his capture. Shit, let's go find him. <laughs> he's probably old and crumbly. He's probably dead. Honestly, I don't think he's dead. Maybe he like had so much fun the last one, he had a heart attack and died. Honestly, what I think is, because he normally returns them, and like, yeah. he like takes care of the girls. I think that um, the girl, Carmen, or Carmaine, got a glimpse of who he was because in an interview his her mom was like she wouldn't have gone willingly like she was a fighter like she would have probably yeah. been stubborn about it and I think she saw who he was and he was like fuck and he killed her and then he felt bad that he killed her because he like he didn't want to kill anybody mm-hmm. and so he just stopped but apparently yeah, yeah. Um, there was like 12 other cases that they think that he was involved in but they couldn't really connect it that's wild yeah so that's that maybe he's already in hell probably oh. that's pretty disgusting yeah um that's my ticket to hell all right that's it for us thanks for joining us hope you had fun uh make sure you go follow us on instagram facebook twitter that's it for now uh at the ticket to hell podcast um listen to us on whatever the fuck you're listening to us on yeah because you're already listening um, um, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends, family, grandmas, anybody in prison. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like they would like us prisoners. Probably. Hey, prisoners. How you doing? Hey. hey. I ain't sending you no love letters. Tell us your bad stories. Maybe we'll... Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll tell your story. Listeners, if you guys have any stories you'd like to tell or you want to tell us why you're going to hell this week... Let us know. Yeah, send us an email at... Uh, what is our email? The ticket to hell. At gmail.com. Yep. Uh... And Dr. Pepper, sponsor us. Or Coke. Fuck Coke. Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye. bye.